Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of AusBiz. Our goal at AusBiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favour to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello, hello. It is the 12th of March. It's a Friday. Always love a Friday. I'm Nadine Blaney. This is the COB here with David Scott. Scotty, how was the week? It's been fantastic. I really enjoyed this week. Me too. Me too. Now, it has been a little bit quiet on the corporate front, but change of narrative happening in the bond market, right? We've seen the fever kind of break. Yeah, it's uh, it's been very interesting to see how quickly the uh, bonds have come off the boil. Uh, so, of course, we saw the, uh, the yields really starting to go and jackknife up uh, in late, uh, late February then into early March. But this week, definitely like no change attack, no nominal and real yields have come back quite a way. And uh, it's taken the markets, equity markets and parts of the equity market quite a while to go and latch onto that. But uh, it's been interesting. Uh, I'm still holding out. Uh, I reckon that there's um, some upside surprises when it comes to growth and inflationary pressures in the, uh, the months ahead. But uh, we're only in the infancy of that right now. So I'm not surprised to see a bit of a pullback. We did have a very quick move to begin with. Quick move. And we saw some really steep share price reactions, if you recall, Tesla, you know, early in the week and to start the week here in Australia. But that inflation read did come in softer than expected in the United States. Uh, but it just seemed to me like there was a bit of a tempering happening. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people point to that uh, that inflation reading, but the market would... The it real, had already pulled back. Yeah, yields had already pulled yeah. back a long way before that. So I don't think we can go and like lay the blame on that. Uh, a lot of uh, no, calm is now into the market. We know they've got the Fed coming up. We know that the Fed is likely to be very dovish. Yeah. The market is preempting that likely. That's probably like no part of the reason why we're seeing this. Uh, but of course, the other figure turn around and uh, no, sound mildly optimistic. They've got reason to sound mildly optimistic after a pretty tough 12 months. But uh, we'll find out come uh, early uh, Thursday morning next week. Look, it's going to be so tightly controlled, the messaging. Jerome Powell will be so tightly um, monitoring every nuanced word that comes out of his mouth. Uh, so that will be something to look forward to next week. We heard from our own central bank this week, as well as the ECB, as well as the Bank of Canada. Um, but Philip Lowe at that AFR Business Summit was dovish. I mean, he was just so dovish and just sticking by that 2024 timeline. Whether or not they'll be able to, obviously, is the question. But, you know... It's, uh, I've said it before. I mean, it's just incredible how all these central banks are singing from the same song sheet. Yeah. The one thing that I'm looking at very closely, I've got no doubt uh, we've got to get unemployment far lower than what it is right now. But I think the markets are starting to get a bit, uh, a bit twitchy. Not so much about, uh, you know, what's happening here and now, but 
look at around the world, things are improving faster than what many people expected, uh, which is a great thing. Like, you know, it's, it's yeah, weird. that's a thing. And uh, and with that comes the temporary expectations when it comes to how long are we likely going to take till we start to go and approach those full employment levels. We know that the uh, the labor market in the states is incredibly dynamic, and it's increasingly dynamic here as well. And as I was talking about yesterday, I probably didn't explain it that well in the podcast yesterday, but the fact that we have already got participation levels back to levels that they were prior to the pandemic and actually above means that uh, we're in a position now, we're not going to have that increased uh, labor force coming through. You know, that's going to go and keep a, uh, you know, prevent the unemployment rate from dropping quickly. If we have lots of jobs that are created, the unemployment rate will drop very quickly. Uh, and I think that's what the markets are getting you know, a little bit uh, excited about the prospect of you know, maybe in the not too distant future, maybe next week, who knows, the, uh, the Australian uh, unemployment rate could start with a five handle and then five handle, no. Oh, next week, five handle? That's unlikely. I would I'll never say never. With given the uh, given the volatility in the uh, the data and the fact that we've seen such an incredible lift in participation, if we had a decent month's hiring, couple at the same time with a slight pullback in participation, mark my words, would have a five handle. Mm, well, yeah, I haven't seen that in any official sort of forecast coming from the banks, but we did have a good chat with Matthew Hassan from Westpac today, and he was saying that in that consumer confidence survey that we got this week, there was a lot of confidence around job security which is so telling because that, of course, then um, if you extrapolate out from that, it's the kind of spending and the kind of investments that people, consumers at least, will make going forward. But it's the business investment side of the equation that Philip Lowe was pretty clear. Um, yeah, that there's still more work to be done on that front. And he was calling on state and federal policy. Um, we had a few conversations this week about the fact that it gets back in a large part to those old chestnuts, productivity, and as well, tax reform. And Annette and I, when we were doing the podcast earlier this week, you know, it's almost, we're almost at the point where there's been no real significant policy reform through this crisis. We're pretty close to wasting this crisis on that front. Oh, we've wasted it, undoubtedly. I don't, we, we can't do it now. We're in an election cycle anyway. So we're going to be going to the polls probably later this year, uh, one would suspect. Um, and that's the end of the cycle. One of the issues that I've had with Australia, uh, the, the electrical cycle here, it's too short. Three years, it's not enough time to go and, and get the uh, necessary mandate to go and do it. I know people say, oh, but you don't get the opportunity to go and throw out a, a, a lousy government. So I know for me, if you had a four or five year term, but it actually goes and gives that mandate and it might actually make people think, well, hang on, what's the best thing for the longer term trajectory for this country and for the economy uh, when they go to the polls? Because... Uh, no, the way it is right now, there's a very, very tiny majority, if, if not, you know, it's almost flat now, isn't it, of course, uh, with the government because of what's been happening recently. Uh, but I would go one step further and say that there's a lack of vision that is being uh, evidenced. And, and this is not just in one side of politics. Yeah. There's a lack of vision, visionary leadership, yeah. new ideas. But they're trying to, they're just trying to get reelected. That's the issue. They've literally got like a 12 month window. Yeah. The first, the first 12 months is all like, you no, know, no peaches and, uh, and lollipops and everything else. And everything's fantastic. The one, then you've got the second year, which is basically like, let's try and get something done. Then the third year, you're back in the election cycle. Like, yeah, we're well, yeah. going yeah. Not long enough. Look, let's not go down the political road right now. We see it a, a good day, uh, relatively speaking, for the Australian market on Friday because it was a disappointing week, as uh, you've said already today on Air Scuddy. Uh, we saw the miners come to the party, the financials. CSL is still a bit of a wait, but generally speaking, outside of the gold sector, it was a positive session on Friday. A little bit of waning in enthusiasm through the afternoon, but uh, it, it, it was good to see the local market 
I guess, respond to what we saw on Wall Street on Friday. Yeah, no, it's uh, been a pretty lousy week up yeah. until today. And uh, even with the uh, the small win, and I'm, I'm not sure whether how we finished up for the week, whether probably marginally down, I would suggest, but probably actually it might be actually marginally high because it looks like um, we had a, a decent start to the week. But um, yeah, it's um, it's just been a bit of like, you no know, going through the motions. Uh, we've had reporting season. Uh, we've had a lot of data to digest. We know roughly what the RBA is going to be doing for the next two or three years. Uh, we know roughly what most other central banks are likely to be doing for the next two years. So um, now it's just like, yeah, what next? We've got the STIMI mm -hmm. already done. That was obviously signed by Joe Biden earlier this morning. So I think it's uh, no time of reflection and uh, no people are wondering what's going to happen. And now it comes down to, I suspect, uh, how the economy performs. What are we going to see? Like lots of strong growth with no inflation or strong growth and, uh, and strong inflation or weak growth and, uh, and high inflation. Hopefully we don't get that. But I think it's what we're waiting for. CSL uh, had a couple of broker re-ratings. If you'd like to listen to why, you can do so via the show notes with the founder of FN Arena, Rudy Filipek van Dyke. Other than that, in terms of company-specific moves on Friday, we saw Flight Center giving back much of the previous session's gains. Uh, it was one of the worst performers on the 200 through the day. Oh, media. Second day of really decent gains for the company. There is some speculation that it has won a contract for outdoor advertising or digital advertising, I should say, with the New South Wales Transport Department. Nothing official coming from the company, but that's some of the speculation that I've read for the share price moves. Um, Pets Points Bet or Cobra had a good day on Friday. Uh, we will continue, I suppose, to watch the tech names in relation to whatever might happen on Wall Street tonight. But it was notable that uh, on Friday to finish the week, we did see some of the local tech names coming back to the party after pay up by about, well, let's say 5%, zero as well. There would have been a few people that would be getting back into these names because of the pullback itself, buying the dip, buying the dip in those, uh, in those tech names. Uh, but listen, Scotty, in the newsletter, you talk about uh, NFPs. Um, NFTs, sorry. We're not going to get into it now. We just don't have the time. Mm. But uh, if you don't sign up for the podcast or if you don't get the podcast, it's worth a while. And today, Scotty shares his view on NFTs. I can actually tell you it's, uh, it's Cara's view. So it's probably even doubly worth so going signing up. Less, ah. of, less, less of my tribe, more of our Cara's. It is Cara's I, view. It made sense because... There we go. Yeah, she talks about the background in FX trading, that she wakes up every morning and first looks at the Aussie. And I was thinking, oh, okay, Scotty, I didn't know that, but I would have thought it was Twitter for you. Well, to be honest, <laughs> to be honest I could go and have that as my, as my introduction, but yeah. uh, it's been a while between drinks when it comes to the old FX. Yeah. All right. Uh, stock of the day, Nine Entertainment. I sat down with Julia Lee from uh, Berman Invest, as well as Adam Dawes from Sean Partners. Here's what they had to say about Nine, which of course did change its regional affiliate uh, today. It, it's completely um, doing very well in transferring to the digital side of its business. I mean, 40% of its earnings now come from the digital side, which mm -hmm. is Domain, Stan, um, Nine now, and the rest of the digital things. Yeah, I'm comfortable with most of the media companies here, whether it's Nine or News Corp, and really it is cyclical. Not only do you have the cost-cutting side, which means that it's a leaner company, but now you've got the tailwinds of an improving economy, especially the business side, which has seen a lot of stimulus and support. 
So coming out of recession, a lot stronger than expected. So those advertising companies or those advertising related companies uh, are going to do really well. Any view on Southern Cross, Julia? We're giving our viewers a bit of a bonus here. You know, probably a shorter term opportunity here with Southern Cross um, Media. It is a, a much more stable cash flow than I guess the things that are reliant in terms of capital cities. Um, and I think the market has overreacted just a touch in terms of Southern Cross Media with an 11% fall there. I guess the flip side for Southern Cross Media is they now need to find better content mm -hmm. because most of their content is coming from 10 and it just doesn't have the same ratings. So if they can find another deal, um, better content, that would be a plus. Um, you know, Southern Cross Media owns 99 radio stations uh, around Australia, Triple M and, and a couple of those other ones. They also do have SoundCloud, Sonos Radio and some other digital radio sides of things as well. However, I do think radio isn't the best medium these days and albeit we only listen to it really on an average of 20 minutes a day when you're in the car on your way home or when you're um, on you know, moving between one place and another. So it really doesn't have uh, that, that much reach compared to what it used to have. So I think Southern Cross Media is an interesting story, but I'd be very cautious around here. Just on that revenue model, it doesn't look fantastic. And, and it's more of an old world stock, I guess you could say, uh, more traditional stock uh, at the moment. So I'd probably be a hold to leave it away at the moment. Okay, that was Julia Lee and Adam Dawes not going in the portfolio. But if you want to get some buys, bonus buys even, listen to the episode of the call today. We added to the Osbiz portfolio. Oh, we did, Scotty, in a big way. Buying the dip. <laughs> yeah. All right. On Monday, we've got a great program lined up for you. Ryan Felsman kicks it off in the morning, senior economist at Comsec. We also speak with Joe Hockey later in the day, president of Bondi Partners. He's just become chair uh, of the company that produces Rode microphones, which we're on right now. And Julia Lee, CEO of Berman Invest, will round out the day. We've got a big week in terms of economic data, jobs. We get uh, a speech coming from the Reserve Bank governor. We get retail sales, but it's all about the FOMC. It is. I'm hanging out for the RBA. I can't wait to go and hear what the uh, governor loves it to say. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you'll say something you're about to know. There's no, no Q and A, by the way. It's just an opening address, so thank, I think it's going to be a bit of a fizzle. Thank goodness. I think we've heard enough from the RBA recently, but uh, yeah, all over the FOMC, including updated uh, forecasts and a press conference from uh, from Jerome Powell. So it's going to be a big one. We got to get this weekend started, Scotty. I hope you have a good one. You too. Going to turn, uh, going to crack a team right now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.